Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reikley. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence, directly across from me, diametrically opposed to all the progressive ideas that I can explain to him are really worth it, Mr. Ben Reikley. Good to be here. Good to be here. Good show today. I'll tell you what, Mark, can I give an edict or throw out uh, an ideal? Sure. From uh, people emailing me, talking to me, and calling me. We're going to have a guest caller. Yep. Then after our guest caller, if you have called in this week to On The Mark, let's let other folks call in. Let's get a new batch of callers. <laughs> okay. okay. We, we're, we're in the retread department uh, over, the, uh, over the weeks and weeks and weeks. So let's have, let's have all new callers to On The Mark today. Mm-hmm. Now, if you haven't called, let's say, in the last month, if you called in April, you're clear. Or if you haven't called at all, please call in. But if you're a regular caller, please call also. Well, if you're a regular caller, why don't you text no. and then call Monday? Well, sometimes let's, we only let's get, get regular let's callers. Let's get newbies. Let's get newbies. Let's get some oh. fresh. Let's, First let, time let, let's get some new produce on the rack. I can't talk all day. <laughs> uh, and I certainly don't want to listen to you hey, all day. Great caller. Great caller coming up, though. Okay. We're go, we're, and right. this is interesting. We're going to address the situation that we talked about last week on Financial Friday mm-hmm. that Bob Garrett and Art Thomas was talking about, and that was the skills gap. And we're going to go down into the, uh, I would say, into the foundation of how you start to repair that skills gap. And uh, I think uh, uh, the uh, listeners should be enlightened today. All right. Either that or we're going to talk about how to catch a baseball and send good s- signals to the uh, pitcher, one or the oh, other. Okay. Well, that's, that's that, that can work. <laughs> On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please do check them out at sunburymotors.com. We'll start out with our good guest, who is Harry Mathias, former superintendent of the Central Columbia School District, as I mentioned, former high school catcher. And and, uh, did you play college baseball, Harry? I don't know this answer. I did. I was a catcher at Bucknell. Oh, my gosh. Not anywhere either. Good for you. And your father, uh, well-known throughout the athletic community as a coach and educator and uh, probably a player back in the day, too. So a sports player, I should say. Mm-hmm. Well, Harry, yeah. we know how good of a coach you were in Little League because uh, you Kevin. got Kevin Hur, who, who's there in the studio, and was was just saying how uh, how well you tutored him into uh, baseball, and then he sort of implied to us that he was the uh, right fielder and got in at the end of the game. But at least you got him to the point you could put him into the game. 
Well, we did the best we could, you know. <laughs> with what you have to work with. All right. Well, we do want to talk about this. Harry is now president of Matthias Educational Leadership Consulting, LLC. And, uh, Harry, I think a great uh, way to launch into this would be to start out uh, with what I think is a key part of your introduction anywhere you go, is that you help to oversee a restructuring and the reconstruction and addition to the Central Columbia High School that made it future-oriented, not just to funnel some information in the kids' head today, but to make sure that every step they took, literally every step in that high school, was a step towards their future, their graduation, their career, or their work, or their college, or wherever they were uh, off to after school. Uh, from day one, from freshman up, uh, they were thinking about that, talking about it, classes were teaching it, programs were set up, and so ejecting students out of the high school upon graduation that were work-ready was an, an add-on. It was the whole reason. So you elaborate on that and tell us how that was set up. So at, at Central Columbia High School, we implemented what we call the career pathway model. Now, by the way, that model does extend down into the middle school and elementary school, so there are important points in that model that happen there as well. Uh, but that high school was renovated and planned specifically around the model, and there are elements to the models. I'm sorry, Mark? Yep, yep. We're still here. We, did, we just heard the glitch also, but we're still here. Okay, there are uh, basically three tenants to that high school model. One is, and you know, everyone should feel comfortable about this, it is college preparation for all students. You know, we just talked about how I went to Bucknell, so high academics is critically important to me and you know, to all of our students. So all of those important academic standards were put in place in that model. Uh, with minimum requirements for graduation uh, for all students. So that was clearly there, but within that model, we also incorporated in your uh, typical academic courses, career-oriented activities that would, uh, you know, for example, a writing activity would be based on careers rather than just kind of a, a general prompt. The second tenet was this idea of uh, career-oriented courses. Uh, Central Columbia High School offered over 150 courses, and this is a roughly 600-student high school. Uh, and, and many of those courses were implemented over time. It was a curriculum development process uh, to be career-based in certain pathways. Now, we had five broad career pathways. They included things like uh, finance and accounting and management. They included things like science and technologies agribusiness, health occupations, and so forth. Um, and those courses were embedded under those different pathways. And the requirement to graduate from Central Columbia High School was you had to select a career pathway that generally happened at the end of your freshman year. You had to complete four credits in a primary career pathway and then two credits in um, a secondary career pathway. Uh, and what that was designed to do, of course, you know, with the philosophy that all students are going to be consumers someday, all students are going to enter the workforce, uh, all students need not only those soft skills we talk about, but more, just as or more importantly, those hard skills that employers are looking for. Uh, we recognized that that was important and embedded that in our high school curriculum. And then finally, the third tenet was that there was a career development process for all students. They were given an advisor, one of the teachers in their area, 
and from ninth grade through their senior year, they would work on a process whereby they would investigate various careers, they would write to them, they would research, if you will, uh, they would align their coursework based on that, they would uh, predict, you know, once I graduate, what does this mean for me, what is a possible career path, what post-secondary training do I need, if any, and then the capstone of that was that their individual plan was actually presented face-to-face -face with a series of local uh, business and industry leaders who would come into the school. We'd have over 100 come into the school in one day, and they would meet individually with every senior, you know, in committees, and that plan would be presented, and then they would get feedback and actually go through a mini-interview process uh, with those business and industry leaders. So all three of those tenants were were embedded into Central Columbia High School. And why was the college track so critical as the through line through all of this? Well, so understand in Pennsylvania there are academic standards that are required of all required of all students. Those include things like uh, high level reading skills, high level writing skills, mathematics, understanding science, understanding civics, and all of those things. And, you know, first of all, we believe those are critical to any, you know, student going out there in the world and wanting to be successful. Uh, but in today's manufacturing, and I think this is a lot of, th a, a, a big thing that, that, you know, maybe people who haven't looked into this don't understand. Manufacturing up and down the Sus uh, uh, Susquehanna Valley now is not 19th century manufacturing. These are largely a highly technical, high-skill um, occupations. These are, you know, clean and well-run environments where students are, you know, workers need to understand technology, they need to be able to follow certain directions, they need to be able to think through problems and all of that. So having those reading and writing and math skills and all of that is critically important, we believe. All right, career pathways, Ben. Yeah, Harry, is this a program that is a put together by a, a group? Is, is it a program that you implemented that has also been used at other schools? Uh, it, it is used in other schools, unfortunately. In our opinion, it's used in very few of them. And we think uh, that every school ought to be doing something like this. I believe in Pennsylvania now. Now, when I retired, there was probably four or five high schools across Pennsylvania who did this. Uh, I know the state was pushing this to, to some extent. We certainly were. We would take anybody who wanted to come visit, and we had a, lo a lot of, you know, principals and teachers and superintendents from schools from around the region, all, well, all Pennsylvania, who would come and visit, and we would talk to them uh, about not only what we were doing, but the research behind it. I mean, this research started uh, 10, 12 years ago, um, you know, listening to not only uh, what uh, manufacturers were telling us and Chamber of Commerce meetings and all of that, uh, but also uh, what we were seeing in terms of the future trend of occupations, where this was going. Uh, we knew this was headed. You know, this manufacturing sector is strong, but it has to be strong based on the quality of the employees. So if you think about, you know, these local communities, the importance of these manufacturing facilities in these communities and the people who are employers there, you know, HR people and the owners and all of that, they're looking around at that demographic and they're making a decision, you know, hey, is this community and are these schools and, you know, are, are they willing to support us 
by providing us the workforce we need to continue to be strong. And, and understanding that, though, but the career pathway model was something you, you purchased the template of that, and then you you adapted it and detailed it to Central Columbia High School? Is, is that how? I mean, if I'm in Minneapolis or I'm in uh, Fargo or I'm in Lubbock, Texas, I can apply career pathway model. I can get buy that template, buy that program, then implement it in my high school? Well, uh, so I, I believe there's an organization okay. out there that does that. That's not the way we went. Uh, what, so, so where we originated is Governor Rendell, in fact, put some money out there for um, to study and reform high schools. And we got that grant. And what we basically did is said, okay, go out and look at what is the future and what is the best way to meet that. And the school we found that uh, was meeting what we felt were the needs we saw in our community was Middletown High School down outside of Harrisburg. So we went and visited there, saw what they were doing, and they called it the career pathway model. Uh, We clearly took much of what they were doing there and then modified it to best suit the needs of our school. I mean, you always have to look at your own internal culture, what you do well, um, you know, what your community looks like. So uh, I would say that what you see at Central Columbia in terms of the career pathway model is very much a customized model to our region. So there's a place at Central Columbia High School now for a student, no matter what they want to do, uh, even if they have absolutely no idea, they they still have to pick something with which they have some interest. And uh, even if I'm just going to travel after I graduate from high school, or even if I'm just going, you know, you know, just or not going to decide what I'm going going to do there's a place for that student in at central correct so the five pathways are very broad for example one is arts and communications which would of course include what you guys do Um, but that's a broad pathway Um, you know when you look at uh, science agri-science and health again fairly broad pathway so when you look at all five of them there's a place that students can fall But this is what we would say, and you heard me say it earlier, all students at some point are going to be consumers, all students are going to enter, we believe, the workforce. Um, And our belief is that even if, and and we used to say this story, you're walking across the stage at graduation, you take, you know, you shake my hand, you get your diploma, and you whisper in my ear, hey, Mr. Matthias, this pathway I was in, there was no, there's no way I'm going to do that. What we would say to that student is, Congratulations, because you just saved yourself and your parents thousands of dollars in tuition money from potentially going to a, you know, a university that you're going to drop out of or changing a major, which, by the way, 81% of students around the country who go to college change their major. At Central Columbia, it's 31%. So think of the money we've already saved our um, parents by getting their students information that helps them better choose their career. All right, we're going to have to take a quick break. So you stand by. I'm going to put you on hold. Your next question after we get back is going to be, what's wrong with my high school? You know, I started Lawrence's Worthless High School. I, t- I teach to the test all day long, and, and I, I mentioned career several times senior year. So uh, I'm going to ask you to comment on, Harry, what am I doing wrong? So we're going to do that uh, very shortly. So you stand by. Uh, audience, stand by. we got Harry Mathias on the line, former superintendent at uh, the Central Columbia School District. Mathias Educational 
Leadership Consulting LLC is uh, what his tax accountant said. You got to have a schmancy name, or we're not going to be able to do these taxes right. So uh, he's on the line talking about this. But he's a grant writer extraordinaire, and, and uh, he can also talk about the value of extracurriculars and athletics. So we, we may even ask that question. But Harry Mathias is on the line. We will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Mark Lawrence here. Ben Reichley across from me, a person who is a business person and works on infrastructure and with Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce and uh, lots of businesses around here. You have a question for Harry Mathias, who's on the line. He's uh, talking about the uh, career pathways, uh, a real 100% focus yeah. that they had at Central. No, Harry, uh, this is something that's, uh, I'm going to say, it's been in my crawl since, I think, 1984 when I came out of college formed a business, was working it, and then you kept hearing this workforce development. You start hiring, you start firing, you start trying to find people. Fast forward to today, here we are, and my frustration is I've heard workforce development, brain drain, skills gap, terms just seem to change, but nobody addresses nobody addresses the problem. Uh, I talked to a superintendent, and he says, well, what would you do if you were superintendent? I said, well, it seems like reading is a good skill. From some K to third grade, I'm going to make sure every child can read, because if you can read, you can learn. Now, yes, you have to have some other skills. So my general question is, why did it take this long for this awareness, but for you folks, you were proactive, and you went out, Middletown, went out and found a way, and as Lawrence High School, we just talked about during the break, Lawrence, Lawrence High is School worthless high school. Is, is behind the times. The question is, you folks were proactive, we got other areas of education that seems to be reactive, and how do we bridge this gap? Yeah, what's wrong with Lawrence's worthless high school? <laughs> well, uh, Ben, uh, it may make you feel better, but I served on our Chamber of Commerce board for 15 to 20 years. I was on the Central Pennsylvania Workforce Investment Board, and I tried to tell people like you, I like to be the school person who sat in those meetings and listened uh, and then took away from there. So what I would tell to, you know, the head of Lawrence High School is, and with the door closed, it would be, look, you need to listen to your community. You uh, you know, these students are going to go out in this community, and they're going to be there. Many of them are going to stay right here for, you know, 40, 50 years. Um, you need to listen to what those employers need, and that's what's going to make your community strong. And, and, one, and you heard me say earlier, there's an elementary and middle school pieces to this, and a lot of that is, ed, and you talked about brain drain. 
one of the reasons there's brain drain is because we just don't know what's out there. Uh, students come through and they you know you know they listen to their moms and dads and aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas, but they do they really know the opportunities that exist uh, in the workforce in these modern manufacturing facilities, which are high skill, high paying jobs? Do they really know they're there? And if you're running your school right, you need to set up opportunities to get the students, get the parents to see the opportunities that exist. You've got to embed that in your program that maybe goes all the way back to the middle school. You know, part of Central Columbia High School, uh, graduating class, roughly half of them had internships out in the community. My son had a wonderful internship at Sekasui, which is a manufacturing facility. So those are the types of partnerships you need to create and you need to figure out ways to get the word out uh, of what exists so that these students who many of them want to stay here need to know what exists and then have them uh, you know, plan their educational process so that they can are, are prepared for those types of jobs. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Harry, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's interesting you're conduit into the community. But you know, going back to your statement about manufacturing in the 19th century, it's not manufacturing like the last part of the 20th century. Being in California, I remember walking through a chip manufacturing place, and it wasn't Middlesworth. And I'm looking through, and I said, this is a, a laboratory almost set up. So what, what I found interesting is the last 20 years, from 1980 on, maybe 75 on, manufacturing really, really evolved and became very technical. And I would agree with you. I think most people don't understand. I mean, this isn't the old forge or the old Model T assembly line. Real quick, though, I, I look at it this way. Within your high school, you guys have opened up to college skills, to life skills, and is there anything wrong with a student coming out of a school that knows they can get into college if they choose to, have skills if they want to take a gap year, or let's say they love plumbing, they love drywall, they love bricklaying, also understands how to balance a checkbook and understands that on a credit card, if you paid minimum payment, your interest rate will get uh, worse and worse as far <laughs> as what you're going to pay in the future. I mean, it sounds like you've, you folks have put a great program together to try to round out the education, and it's a wheel that moves forward for those students. Uh we agree, and you know, for I was saying earlier, we that third tenant had to do with career preparation. Well, one of the pieces of that is personal finance. So they learn how to do the checkbook, they learn how to do their taxes, and all of that. Yeah, yeah. So we, you know, we tried to have we, you know, look at what makes you successful in life, and what are the things we need to do as a school to teach you those things. And again, we designed a program, and we designed a building essentially to do all of that. And at no point did we let go of the important uh, academic skills. I mean, students in our school take AP Calculus, AP Physics, and that same student the next period will be down in what you and I used to call the shop, which is now an engineering lab with highly technical equipment. They're learning how to uh, you know, run the CDC uh, machines. They're learning how to do a robotics machine. They're learning how to... Um, you know, do CAD and all of those things. So, you know, not only is a student prepared for manufacturing, they're prepared to go to Lehigh or Bucknell to be an engineering student. 
Larry, we got a minute yeah. left. Uh, anything to add that's critical I didn't put in the form of a question or we didn't talk about? Uh, this is one of these things we think every school should be doing. And I believe if you're looking around the corner of what education ought to become, this region ought to start to look at uh, how do we share students, how do we apply the economies of scale to something like this. So maybe there's a top-notch engineering program in one high school where they can buy all the equipment and do the training they need. And then perhaps the arts are in another high school. Um, I mean, that's a model that in an, a rural area like this where um, you know there, there, there aren't tremendous amounts of resources, that is a way that can be done. And um, you know, the state law permits that type of thing. If you do it the right way, that's something we did at Central. Central's bringing in a million dollars in tuition money from other school districts because kids are coming to Central for the program I just described. Uh, that's not by accident. All right. Well, H- Harry, you, you, you guys are proactive and more. The education needs at the high school level or down K to twelve needs needs to become proactive, and you guys have made it that. And it's reality. You, you you base this in reality of what's going on in the real world, and that's an excellent excellent narrative to have for education. All right, Harry, thank you so much for joining us. Kevin is here to defend himself. No, I, I just wanted to say, Coach, thanks for everything. Uh, you have uh, you helped me learn a little bit more about football and. The knowledge that I bring across today is all because of you. So, good, bad, or ugly, it's all your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck, Kevin. Glad you're doing well. (laughs) Thanks, Coach. Good to Uh, talk to you. Harry, thank you for coming on. We need to have you back. Uh, we, we need to we need to really, as Mark says, dig down, get in, drill down on this because this 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 needs to become implemented within our education systems. Thank you so much, Harry. Thanks for having me. I do appreciate that. Harry Mathias, a former Central Columbia School District Superintendent, Mathias Educational Leadership Consulting, LLC. Uh, he's become a masterful grant writer. We've seen him in Columbia County working in Cedar Cog. Let's get him signed up for the uh, Lawrence High School uniforms. <laughs> yeah, let's, we, let's bring the unicorns forward. Lawrence's Worthless High School and Kevin's Much Better Middle School have got <laughs> to the get... The fighting unicorns. <laughs> We've got to get this up to speed. We're, we're going to run unbalanced line, eye formation. We're good. Oh, oh, that's true. That's Everything can be boiled down to sports strategy. Yes. This is News Radio 1070 WK. Okay, Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the Mark, I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Ben is directly across from me, business person, conservative, Republican committee man, and natural-born... No, no. Uh, take that. Carry the one over there. Or we'll, we'll get this checkbook. Balanced. You're trying to do math. Well, we'll You're get still this checkbook working on the math here. problem Come I on. gave you. Come on. <laughs> I wanted to see if you could do math. Hey, good interview, folks. Uh, that was some great information uh, we had earlier. And uh, 
we'll move on it. But uh, boy, boy, it opens up a, a great discussion that uh, hopefully will be had. Well, and it's really an interesting uh, design that they did there. Harry gets a lot of credit. I think he kind of deflected to all the people who worked well, with him, but he was at the center and of the it. staff and the support group. Every, everybody's into that to make the hate. As there's a college football coach at Minnesota, I lost his name. I uh, was at Western Michigan, and he had a term, row the boat. Well, if you're moving forward in your boat, all the oars have to be going in together. That's a team. And I'm sure uh, Harry had a great team up there. And they implement it, but also, too, down at Middletown. But we have 500 school districts and others. Uh, let's uh, let's look at economies of scale, a great term that can be looked at that can be helpful. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please do check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. Always include the keyword OTM when you are texting us. We do have some brief news headlines. No new negotiations are scheduled following the two-week labor strike last month and more than a dozen contract negotiating sessions since November of 2019, says the Shikinami School Board in a statement recently. Their support staff, they and the support staff, they say, are no closer to an agreement. In an attempt to, to recover from major financial deficits, the district said they've already furloughed nine teachers, eliminated several positions, including an administrative position and a support position, and will close Beck Elementary. The latest measure, they say, this idea of outsourcing the district's support staff is expected to save taxpayers about a half a million dollars a year, but the union is fighting to keep the unionized workers on staff with no cuts in their wages or benefits. Uh, the school district claims it made its best and final offer to the Shikolami Education Support Personnel Association May 24th. No progress at a June 7th uh, meeting. All of the current workers will be offered jobs if a new provider is brought in. The school board plans to vote on whether or not to bring in that outside provider ESS support services at their next regular meeting. Uh, Wednesday the 16th, the district insists if they outsource services, all current support staff will be offered a severance package and given consideration for employment with a new company. Uh, we'll get the union's uh, view on this uh, statement later. Student vaccinations and online education option and new health and safety plans are in the offing for the next school year at the Lewisburg Area School District. Superintendents out with a statement talking about their next school year. Uh, Dr. Jennifer Palinchuk tells parents the districts have a new health and safety plan for the upcoming academic year. Uh, they'll present that to the public July 15th. The new plan will address remote learning options that will be available to all students at all times. The idea they will be able to study remotely if they so choose. Some students excelled under that model and so they can continue to do so. Possible vaccination efforts for students under the age of 12 and CDC guidelines that are evolving uh, will be talked about. Following its launch this week, if you needed to get your unemployment compensation taken care of, guess what? You could not. Trouble logging into the system with a new Keystone ID and being told they're ineligible for unemployment compensation benefits when they're not are among the issues UT claimants have had to deal with, but Acting LNI Secretary Jennifer Barrier says the department is working to address these and other issues. We are continuing to provide updates on the new UC system, including issues that we're working on, on our UC systems check enhancements tracker. We encourage individuals who believe they are encountering issues to check this page out. Despite the issues, Barrier says the department has come a long way since Tuesday's system launch with more than 160 
68,000 individuals having successfully filed for benefits using the new online system. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Associated Press reports in the state house yesterday an ambitious Republican proposal to revamp Pennsylvania's election law was unveiled, a 149-page bill that would change deadlines, adopt new rules for early voting, alter mail-in ballot procedures, and mandate IDs for all in-person voters. The measure was produced by the state government committee chairman Seth Grove. He says it's likely to encounter severe pushback from Democrats in a state where both parties are competitive in statewide races. Mm -hmm. The governor's office says the bill is actually aimed to install new barriers against voting and affect silencing people's voices and turning ballot access into a political weapon. But the bill does contain something the state's counties asked for, allowing the counting of mail-in ballots before Election Day and pushing back the deadline to apply for an absentee ballot. That will fix some of the election administration headaches, they say. The legislation would provide new restrictions on drop box locations for mail-in ballots. It would improve access to polling places for voters with disabilities and let counties begin to start counting mail-in ballots five days before the election. The deadline to register to vote would change from 15 days to 30 days prior to the election. That had been the case before the 2019 law change. It would require audits of voting results and establish a Bureau of Election Audits in the state Auditor General's office. It would end the current practice of letting people sign up to permanently receive mail-in ballots. Instead, voters would have to request one for each election. It also boosts the fines for a variety of election law violations and raises the pay for judges of the election from the current range of $75 to $200 per day to $175 to $300 per day. Groves Committee is scheduled to take up the bill on Tuesdays. Here, here. So we've been talking about changes in election laws that would make elections go smoothly and or, of Mm -hmm. course, some Democrats say this would hurt the election. So we can talk about what these were and find out what the real impact is. I have the pen live version of this story in front of me. We'll read that in a moment. But I have one other note from the news. It is National Woman Veterans Recognition Mm. Day honoring all the women of the U.S. military on the anniversary of the Women's Armed Services Integration Act of 1942. It allowed women to serve as a permanent, regular member of the U.S. Armed Forces. Did you know there's 318,000 women now serving as active duty members or in the National Guard? You know one woman who was active duty Army in the yes, 50s. Yes, I was going to say, uh, here's to your mother. Thank you. Yep, U.S. Army uh, woman. So Yeah, no, great service. Served uh, in Japan. Groups that go, um, let's say, um, under the awareness in history of the services of women go back to the Revolutionary War, through the Civil War, through all the wars. Uh, the uh, history should show how the United States fought their wars and the folks not only on the front lines but even at home, particularly what they had to do for the efforts uh, for victory. 
1-800-795-9565. We have open phones. We're nearly open phones today. If you want to talk about what uh, Harry Mathias talked about, this career-oriented uh, pathway, academically uh, superior, mm-hmm. Central Columbia High School focus, where the students' uh, day they graduate is the obsession of the previous eight or ten years prior to graduation. You know, what they'll do that day, they walk off campus for the last time, is uh, what it's all about. Of course, Pennsylvania's got a voter ID law that's uh, pending, so that's out there. We can talk about that. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. One of our listeners sends a note, says, I'm wondering how Central Columbia is affecting the enrollment of neighboring schools such as Bloomsburg and Berwick. If they're getting thousands of dollars of tuition money, that means students are transferring there from other districts. They must need many highly specialized teachers to teach everything from robotics to agriculture. How do they work with the Columbia Montour Votech School, which is in their backyard? I think they talked about sharing resources, and uh, let's let we'll find out the answer in a little bit more detail for the emailer, but they were talking about sharing resources and economies of scale. So Lawrence's High School has a great media department. Reikley High School has a excellent agriculture department. We're, we're growing beautiful flowers. We're growing turf. We're into medical marijuana. They have we're, we're growing everything at, at Reikley High School. But they have farm animals in the Central Columbia High School. Okay, which is excellent. Uh, and that's not the students, right? No. Okay, I know. Back in, the, back in the day, there was teachers who referred to some of the students. Myself might be included <laughs> as, as farm animals. But so now what I do is I One go to... One particular farm <laughs> yeah, animal. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I go to Mark. I go to Lawrence High School. I'm with Superintendent Lawrence. I said, listen, and I'd like to start a media department at Reikley High School. Mm-hmm. I said, how can, you know, I want to I be on the agribusiness side of it. I want to, you know, show the students. So how do we do this? So instead of me having to go through starting my media, I subcontract from you and you come down and you help with the media department. The economies of scale in education is happening. It's happening at the college level here in Pennsylvania with PSAC. We were talking about Bloomsburg, Mansfield, Lock Haven coming together, I think administratively. Folks, even in our high schools around here, we should be looking at the economies of scale. We should be looking at administrative costs, and we should see, hey, can we combine high schools in an efficient way from this standpoint in the administrative side? Can one superintendent, an assistant superintendent, oversee two or three high schools? And the answer is yes. Uh, the problem's going to be parochialism. How do we get away from that? But what uh, Harry was talking about at Central, though, is they were bringing in specialties. And uh, I think that was an excellent way to go. But this is proactive. This is going to push. And remember, Mark, change. Change is tough for some people. I don't like change. Change for the sake of change is nothing. Change for the sake of improvement, that's something. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Good questions from our listener. We know that the Columbia Montero Tech School teaches uh, careers uh, for the last year of school for the students. So I would imagine that the Central Columbia feeds into that. But we can forward this. Yeah, no, we can, we can find out a little bit yeah. more. And at some point, though... How much of the high school shop classes? How much of the Votech schools? Where are our efficiencies? Where do the efficiencies exist? Are we maximizing the efficiencies in the tech schools? And this other 
something that people you can't go to another high school to learn something you can't you know uh, you, you you know again let's let's be proactive and let's really and and the term gets overused but let's let's think outside the traditional education box and remember mark we're still teaching to an agrarian society we go to school in September we leave in May and what we have kids out on the plows during the summertime here? Or what, I mean, that that's still where we're at in our basic education. 1-800-795-9565. Cindy, thank you for calling in. We talked about uh, a career pathway focus at one school. What's your view on what you heard today? Well, first I want to apologize to Ben and his uh, requestees because I know I've called um, <laughs> earlier. But I saw a, a remarkable... Um, event at a school district this past week on the news and wanted to share it. The high school seniors who were graduating dressed in their regalia went to visit the elementary school and walked through the elementary school and the kids were in the hallways applauding them. Great. And I thought, isn't this brilliant? Mm -hmm. It shows these children in the elementary school, here's where you're going. Look how exciting this is. You're all dressed like this, you get to uh, wear these colors, you you know, there's a big event, it's a big applaud, right? And conversely, it shows those seniors, look where you've come from, look how far you've come, what you have achieved. And that's a terrific message to give to people at graduation. I thought it was a brilliant move. I believe it was the Hughesville School District that did this. No, good for them. You know, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. We could certainly do that here at Sealands Grove. The elementary school is across a a small road from the high school. Uh, I think that's a brilliant uh, thing that costs Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Cindy, I would take it farther with these schools. Uh, Southern Columbia does a great job when they have their uh, pep rallies for their sports teams. Not always football, but other teams. They bring their middle school and uh, intermediate and, and elementary school children into that to see that, to be part of that. Bring them in to see band performances. Let them know K-12 to means K-12. to Here's where you can go, and it lets those other people, I think you had a bigger point, is see where they came from. And now they're going out and about. Now, I, I, my frustration with education is we got these people who are supposedly so smart, so smart. Then we get out into the real world, and we just talked to Harry Mathias, and, you know, he went through something that, why aren't these other schools teaching? Hey, folks, eat some humble pie in your school district and go see how you can improve, improve the manufacturing of your students. And I don't mean that in a, in a, a negative way, but you, you are taking a young, uh, what was the radio announcer used to call, uh, skull full of mush, and you've got to mold that in, and when they're a senior, you're going to set them out in the real world. When I first joined the school board, the Sillens Grove School District, one of the faculty members in the high school came up and got in my face and said to me, we like things just the way they are. <laughs> and, and it was a yeah, very that's education. Uh, aggressive behavior on his part. Yeah, that's great and, education. Uh, clearly, they, some, if not many of them, felt threatened by me, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, but for some people, regardless as long as the outcome serves them, how that outcome serves everyone else is irrelevant. I, you know, I'm going to cut it the way it cuts. That's, you know, mm-hmm. as long as the system takes care of the faculty, what the outcome is for everybody else is 
pretty much irrelevant. So you get paid to go in and pull out your Wednesday folder and do your Wednesday class and go home. And, you know, that's good enough for them. They're not interested in uh, having a long view or improving. But, Cindy, there's there's teachers. I was looking at consolidation of school districts Mm. because we have too many school districts in Pennsylvania, 500. It's, It's just outrageous how many we have. And so we have 500 administrations that we're paying a fortune for millions and millions of dollars for people who never set foot in the classroom on an annual basis. And one of the interesting things was that there was a proposal to consolidate parts of the Bloomsburg School District with Central Columbia, which was roundly resisted by Central Columbia. Parochialism is going to lead there, but, but Cindy, I'll say this. There's a lot of teachers who would love to, to buck the system and teach, but the, the, the masses or the majority controls the, the, the union. Te- and we've seen this through the pandemic. Teachers' unions have embarrassed themselves. Now, locally, the teachers and the school districts have stepped up and done the right things, but what we're seeing in L.A. and Chicago and New York, it's embarrassing. And that's where school choice comes in, Washington, D.C., Baltimore. Right. School choice should come in. Why should students not be allowed to get the education they deserve? But again, the teachers' unions, I certainly believe, have uh, shown their cards, and uh, and you can you can tell what their um, their answers are before you even ask the questions. And it's embarrassing what they've done to public education in a lot of areas. But there are good teachers that are caught up in that sausage making. Mm-hmm. The other thing I thought was interesting is I just read on uh, NPR there has been a dramatic decline in college enrollment over the last two years. Dramatic decline. Yep. And especially they're seeing a decline in uh, community colleges. A dramatic decline in people enrolling in community colleges. And we look right now at the PASHI system, you know, Bloomsburg, et cetera, and they're grappling with the need to... Um, realign themselves because and why well because they're seeing a dramatic decline in customers Mm -hmm. you know we can call them students or whatever you want but they're customers they can't get customers into their store well Well, cindy they're not buying their product they're not buying their product doing good things like this special tuition program they hold over the summer that's a big discount for high school kids well done i think that's a wonderful idea that should be highly promoted in our high schools right now Thank you, gentlemen. All right. Thank you so much for calling. 1-800-795-9565 are the open lines. Uh, we're talking about education, how K-12 through uh, doesn't always uh, serve as a career path for individuals. Our Chamber of Commerce is here uh, once a month uh, talking about the skills gap that exists when it comes to individuals to get out of school. Let's their skills it. don't match up. Let's close it. With the, uh, the uh, needs I that are Lawrence's out there. Lawrence's high school graduations. When you just... When you just did your graduation, they're walking off and they're ready. They're ready to jump into the They're going world. out. Well, it should be at every high school, just mm-hmm. like at the Votech. You go to Sun Area Votech on graduation day. Uh, there's trucks there from welding companies and construction companies and contractors and and manufacturers who are there to scoop up those kids mm-hmm. because they have career skills. They got the soft skills. You know, they they were taught the academics and math skills. They got the welding and they got everything they need to to step into Mark, that. So it's sad when a basic basic requirement now is that you show up. Now, not show up early, not stay late, and sometimes not do a whole lot of work. But if you just show up, that's a basic basic uh, requirement. I mean, pe- people think that I've worked. 
I mean, we're we're, uh, we're sliding down a not a slippery slope. We're sliding down a mountain when it comes to workforce. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. We'd love to hear from you on this topic. We had the state uh, house yesterday unveiling a bill that has a series of voter uh, changes to it that they say would make the election more secure and streamline some of the activities. Some Democrats say some of these measures are no good, so we can try to talk Which about ones? that. Um, well, Which ones? I don't know. And, Mark, I throw this out. Is it election day or is it an election season? What have, what have season. we evolved Election into? season starts okay. right now. <laughs> All right, so we can talk about that. We'll read some of these bullet points from Penn Live. They list them in a, in a way that I can understand it, so I appreciate that. Uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK and the On the Mark Show would like you to do what I did. That's about two months ago. Go to sunburymotors.com. Look at the inventory of Sunbury Motors vehicles. I looked at the Fords, the Hyundais, the Kias. I decided we're going to look specifically at a Ford F-150. Then we mm-hmm. went down there and talked to Kyle. We got him to look at my Ford Ranger, and I said, uh, you know, it's got quite a few miles on it, a couple hundred thousand miles on it, and it's time for a new one. Uh, he says, look, let's set you up on a new one. Uh, we don't have precisely what you want in the lot. We're going to order it. So we ordered another truck for me from the Sunbury Motor Company. We've done this several times. so that You're keeping uh, the inventory high there. Oh, I know. I do. Half the vehicles there are considered used because Lawrence drove them one day. But anyway, uh, the Sunbury Motor Company took fabulous care of me, and we ended up ordering a 2021 Ford F-150, antimatter blue with a gray package, XLT chrome appearance package, a V6 EcoBoost with the start-stop technology, getting 24 miles of the gallon on the highway, aluminum bed in oh, the back. Oh, this isn't lightning? Uh, no, I didn't get the light. I don't okay. want the electric one. My electric bill's high enough. 360-degree uh, camera package. That's a little drone that follows you around and tells you if, mm. where everybody is around you. Uh, it's got LED lights on all four sides. You can light up your workspace. 400-watt uh, onboard uh, generator, or you can turn the motor on and you get a lot more wattage out of it. It's just a fantastic Can you truck. control that drone from your house? <laughs> Meaning that no. uh, if your you wife cannot. would get on and say, Mark, you Mark, you're not at Lowe's. You're at the number one. So yeah, what, I can what, see what's that. What's going on here? Oh, that's the little TikTok monitor. Uh, also, my lovely to, uh, bride put in my wallet. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna call somebody Motors and uh, for the. Uh Lawrence High School fighting unicorns. We're going to mm-hmm. see if we can get a unicorn mount on that hood oh. for you. Okay, that'll so, be great. Uh, yeah, with the, it'll have, just have to have a little rubby horn, rubber horn so that it doesn't yeah. uh, hurt anybody. Yeah, well, we'll find the car wash. You can go through. It won't rip, won't rip the car wash apart. But that vehicle purchase started at the Sunbury Motor Company's website, sunburymotors.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Call us immediately. We had Harry Mathias on the show earlier today talking about uh, what schools need to do to ramp up the ability of their graduates to go right out into the world. It could be the workforce, well, could be a manufacturer, could be a business, could be a bus driver, could be a drawbridge operator, you name it. But they'll have the soft skills to do the job. They'll have the academic skills to keep up. And uh, some of them will have skills that already relate to agriculture or broadcasting or anything uh, else. Yeah, it opens up opportunities. And one thing we didn't hit on was, again, they can take, they can go right into the military. What, what an excellent career if you think, uh, okay, I might, I wouldn't, but... Mark, we had a uh, oh associate professor at Susquehanna on here eight nine years ago, and in between the show, she talked about the lack of their students understanding financial, no no financial acumen at all, balancing checkbooks, understanding credit card, you know, doing this. They were in college, so you know this has been going on. But let's get into the bigger picture, and we'll let some of the conspiracy folks out there muddle around since they'll call in Monday. They've called in all week, but they'll call in Monday. Does the government want you to be self-sufficient? Because we have a group in the government that would like to control a lot of people, and a lot of people rely on the government, and that's how they keep their power. So look at groups within the government that do not want you to be self-sufficient, do not want your children to understand. And this is this is big business, this is bankers, and also the misunderstanding of what's going on in our foreign policy and what a certain country or countries can do to the United States. So uh, does government want you to be self-sufficient? You come out of Lawrence High School, you can, you understand how Lawrence to shoot a gun. worthless. You can shoot a gun, you can, you can gut your game, you can cook your game, you can eat it. You, you, you eat what you hunt. You are a hunter. That, that is a basis for self-sufficiency. All right, 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners sends us a note, says, Good morning, gentlemen. Cindy and my mind were on the same track about graduating. I thought they ought to have the 50-year-ago graduated class standing and applaud as they were walking in so they can see what their future looks like and they would better have a career picked out because this is where they're going. I enjoyed it. I do, do believe the school should move in this direction. It's been a good future pathway. My granddaughter went to SunTech for cosmetology, and guess what? She dis- she's decided she's not going into that. Can you imagine how much time and money she saved her parents, uh, she, yet she enjoyed the year? Um, sorry if I didn't read that quite right. Uh, but uh, and then Larry from Texas sends us a note, says, thanks, guys, for hosting one of the best programs I've heard on the station this year. I agree that you all need to have Mr. Matthias back on a regular basis. His proactive thinking is needed by schools across the nation to prepare young people to prosper while making America and the world all it can be. Have a great day and an even better weekend, says Larry G. You know, we didn't have enough time with uh, Harry to talk about this, but it would be interesting to know what drove you to look at options. Was Central Columbia mired in a in a quagmire of you know education where they couldn't get out of, and they thought, hey, there's a better way. They heard about what was going on down at Middletown, or they heard about what this pathway career pathway program. Looked at it, found it at Middletown. It's only an hour and ten minutes away, maybe a little farther from Central Columbia. Uh, they went down, looked at it. So, w- what state were you in 
when you chose to go this way. Well, and I think I, I do know from our previous interview with Harry that part of it was that the local manufacturing in the Chamber of Commerce was yes. saying that manufacturing isn't, uh, you know, great big long knobs and steam pipes and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's all computerized based and math and, and we are getting graduates who are interested in working in some of these manufacturing facilities and these businesses, but they're seeing these computer consoles for the first mm -hmm. time when they walk onto the workforce, yes. onto yes. the work floor. Yes. Well, that's not right. You need advanced uh, training on these things. Francis, thank you so much for calling from Winfield. You're the last caller before a quick break. Go right ahead. Uh, I'm calling about the editorial that was in the paper that the animal rights person wrote on Sunday. In the uh, daily item? Yes, in the daily item. Uh, okay. Uh, I didn't read it, so recap it quickly. Well, he had in there that the farmers um, uh, have uh, cows who have calves, and they rip the calves away from the cows right away. They don't let them drink milk from the cow, which is all untrue. I mm. was born a farmer, and I'll die a farmer, and I'm in my 80s. And uh, what these animal rights people say is not true. They never lived in a farm. They never took care of animals, and it is so disgusting. Uh, he he doesn't know that when you have a cow who has a calf, you don't use that milk for, for human consumption for at least a week or ten days, and that calf has ability to read or to drink at the cow all that time. And after you take it from the cow, you still give it the cow's milk in a bottle, and that upset me so bad. At these people, they drive around and they look for things that they can find that are wrong on farms, and they usually find some. Is it possible that's, I'm not, I, I didn't read the letter, but is it possible that what he's describing or she described happened somewhere, somehow, sometime, or is it always as well, you're describing? Well, I don't know. You can't always believe what they say because they say a lot of things that are not true. And if you were to be a farmer, you would know they aren't true. <laughs> and I assume you or Ben... I guess that's his name is with you today. Yeah. You probably <laughs> didn't grow up on a farm. <laughs> no. And another no. thing I wanted but, but to Francis, say... But, Francis, I will say I grew up with a farmer who was on the farm and left the farm. I, I will say what you're talking about, your analogy, is far broader. It's not just with farms. It's with other things. And I say this. Beware of the, the uh, do-gooders. They're trying to do so much good, they don't know what harm they do. So I, I agree with your, your narrative, though. Uh, it, is, it is a bit embarrassing when people do not educate themselves on really what's going on. All right. What else is on your mind, Francis? Well, another thing is they, they blame uh, the climate change on farmers. They want to get rid of cattle. <laughs> well, that is so ridiculous. And uh, the other night on television, I heard somebody who had been in the Obama administration, and he said there isn't anything like climate change. And another thing, why do they yeah. think they can change the climate? There's only one person, and that's God, who can change the climate. And uh, they're using this and using it all the time. Yeah. Another thing is, um, I don't know how many people who call in there ever helped at elections. Well, I helped for 35 years. Mm. And, and what they're saying now happened in some of these polling places is absolutely fraud. When I helped, we had to count, the, it was long ago, it, we had to count the, the ballots by hand after we closed the polls. And sometimes, especially a presidential election, it was 3 o'clock in the morning till we got them all counted. But they, they, we didn't quit 
at midnight and send the poll watcher home. And when they went home, we didn't pull some more out and count them like they did at some of these places. And it is so... And another thing about the insurrection they call at the Capitol, <laughs> if the Democrats would not have cheated at this election, that never would have happened. So Nobody you know, thought I'm, about that. That's a good point. No. Well, and, uh, you know, they can't say, oh, I'm a Republican. I'm not. I was a registered Democrat from the time I was 21, which is a long time ago. <laughs> but I would not vote for a 77-year-old man who is senile. And that's what we have now. You mean and Trump? He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, Trump's only seventy-three. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, Francis, I would say uh, you have uh, got a full spectrum, and we started on the farm. <laughs> we went to Washington D.C. So, uh, so we're, we're we're glad you called, and since you haven't called this week, uh, we're, we're certainly glad you called and call expressed your opinion. I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, new this people is the calling. first time I ever called, and I probably won't call again. Oh, call again. And another thing is, uh, when the people call and talk a little bit about religion, they get shut off. Well, they took God out of the schools, they took him out of the federal buildings, and now they aren't allowed to say anything on the radio station. And I understand you always say it's not a religious radio station, but they have an opinion, and if you sit and listen to the opinion and then get, and then they hang up, what good does that do, or what harm does that do to anybody? Well, we talk about issues. The, the, the whole mission statement of the program is that there has to be two sides of the issue. And, uh, of course, I have a great faith, and so does Ben, and uh, so does Joe. And we, we know that God has a very important role in our lives. But, uh, honestly, uh, there really aren't two sides to that issue. That is the way it is. You know, God's way is the way. So for somebody to call in and say how important that is to them and how important uh, or how, uh, how terrible sin is and how important important uh, Jesus forgiveness well, is every day for for them to call in and to say you know I I know you're talking about voter registration I know you're talking about um, you know gun laws or whatever but I have chosen to call in and proselytize and tell the world how great my religion is and I have to have my eight minutes to do it <laughs> this is not their show that's not what it's about it's a show about issues people get to talk about both sides of the issue I would defy somebody to call in and say there's Two sides Mine of the issue. Mine wasn't, but it was a, it was getting worse in the last four months. Thank you. Goodbye. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. A little bit there. Ah, uh, yeah, she was hope kept she, talking while oh, she would she, listen. Nope, she gets better. I hope she calls in. Hey, All right, Mark, you, you got fresh. Fresh produce on the shelf. All right, one eight hundred. calling in. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. We do have nearly open phones. We'd love to hear from you today. Give us a buzz. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. If you have deep faith and you'd like to call in and tell the world how wonderful that is, and uh, that you would like everybody else to become a Christian, you can deep call in faith? today. And or if you're a member of the deep state, sin is terrible, and Jesus is great. Call in now. One eight hundred. Seven nine five nine five six five. We talked a little bit about the voter ID laws. Uh, the new law mm-hmm. would allow voters to visit a staffed county voting center on the Monday through Friday, the week before the election, to vote mm-hmm. in person. It would allow for mail-in ballot return receptacles, the so-called drop boxes. It would require counties to reach out to voters who have mail-in ballots that have issues mm-hmm. uh, in order to get those issues fixed. Remember, some counties did, some counties didn't. That was a mess. It would, of course, the governor perpetrated that and caused 
opposed to that. But anyway, it would allow counties to begin preparing mail-in ballots for county five days before the election day. We'll read some of these other highlights uh, when we come back, but we'd love to include you in the show. 1-800-795-9565. right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone If you haven't called this week, that's the telephone number, right? That's the theme. If you have not called this week, Ben wants you to call. If you have called this week, call this number, 1-800-795-9565. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Joseph, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yes, uh, I I just wanted to compliment your last call. I wish she'd call again. She, I guess she was the first-time caller. She really is a good, sensible uh, woman that has basic knowledge of the of of life. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Yeah, I'll take you know, twenty of her. Uh, what really is relevant? Uh, what I wanted to call in. You said after that call, if you wanted to call in and uh, express your faith, you could do that. So that's why I called, okay? Yep, it's Faith Friday, so we allow everybody to call in for one minute and talk mm-hmm. about how important God is to them. <laughs> okay, uh, yes, and why I say that is, I hate to see, uh, and I, I I love humanity, I love man, because they're creating the image of Almighty Yahweh. And I wish everyone would be born again and have the promise of eternal life. But I know, and I visit many churches, and they don't teach the truth in most churches. They, they don't have any knowledge of uh, being born again, having a new life, having the Spirit dwell within them, teaching them, that is the Spirit teaching them and guiding them in their life. They're churchgoers and they may be religious, like uh, many Muslims are very religious. If you're going to give your life for Allah, you're a religious guy. But I got news for you. <laughs> you're not going to make it up. You're going down. And uh, the only way is through Yeshua and the Messiah. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, period. All right. And so that's why I have opposition to uh, other religions, because they're lost. And I don't want to try and push a religion on them, but I'd love to see them come to the truth, that they might be saved. And um, as, as I have, I was a Lutheran. I was lost in a Lutheran church. And uh, someone uh, <laughs> just look for the exit signs. I had to be born again and accept the Savior as my personal Savior and have a personal relationship with Him. All right. And that I talk to Him and He talks to me. Yep, and, I agree uh, with that all. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Joseph. Okay, thank Th- you for letting yeah. me express that. You betcha, brother. Thanks for calling in. Uh, Joe, you are next up. We've got another caller coming in, too. Go ahead, Joe. Oh, I guess I'm in line to thank Francis for calling in. Wasn't that a so great I call? So many good uh, opinions in one and, call. Uh, I just want to say she's uh, securely uh, right behind my favorite caller, uh, Cliff Reed, or, you know, when you have Cliff on, he's fantastic. And his last, uh, I'll call it an interview that you did with him, was fantastic. I, I, I know he's on, that's uh, a sure thing. But I, I don't understand, I, maybe you cut her off, which wasn't uh, relevant, but your idea that religion, the subject of religion, you say you have more current uh, subjects to talk about, but you act, or you, I think you, maybe I'm wrong, but you have, there is no two sides to the religious uh, subject. I, I think, um, maybe I'm wrong, uh, is that what you're trying to say? That, you, you know, the other ones have two sides to the issue. Yeah, we talk about issues on the show. That's the purpose of the well, program. Right, yeah, but I think I've called in, and I, we don't have to go over this again, but when you have discussions... <laughs> but you are, uh, right? I think we are. Sometimes it leads to morality, mm-hmm. and then you have to state where your morality mm-hmm. comes from. So 
and uh, that that's just my point. I, I did I did enjoy her uh, call, and I, I hope she calls back. That yeah, best time. call ever. Plus okay. six subjects in yes. seven minutes. That was okay. pretty good. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Cool. On, and uh, you know, and, uh, I, I encourage her to call back. Yeah. All right. Good. Okay. Thank, Thank you so you. much, Joe. Thanks for calling in. 1-800-795-9565. We've got open phones. Absolutely, positively, mm-hmm. anybody may call now and say anything at all whatsoever you wish to. Call Ben and tell him, hey, we don't like this uh, no previous caller rule that you made up. Oh, but there's people applauding out there. Okay, are there? Okay. I know I have enough emails, enough personal conversations and phone calls that people okay. are enjoying. Now, we will give Cindy a break because the topic of school board, uh, of school and she was on a school board, so that, that's sort of expertise knowledge. But new new folks are calling in, or people who haven't called in this week. Uh, hey, good for you. Good on you, as they say down in Australia. Well, all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to read the pen live bullet points of the voter mm-hmm. ID law. What's your view on this? 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. We talked a little bit about voter ID. This is from Penn Live. It says among the highlights of the plan that are likely to enjoy bipartisan support are it would allow voters to visit a staffed county voting center on the Monday through Friday, the week before the election, to vote in person. Counties would be allowed to set the hours and establish one polling center for every 100,000 residents with a maximum of 10. It would allow for mail and ballot return receptacles, a new term for drop boxes that are staffed by poll workers who can review mailed-in ballots to ensure that they are signed and dated correctly. It would require counties to reach out to voters whose mail-in ballots have issues that would prevent them from being counted to allow them the opportunity to fix them by 8 p.m. on Election Day. See, as we mentioned in the in the past, some counties did this and some didn't, so that was strange. Mm-hmm. It would allow counties to begin preparing mailed ballots five days before the election. Uh, uh, This is a priority for the counties. It would change the voter registration to 30 days before an election, the deadline to register 30 days for election, instead of 15 days before, which it was changed in 2019. I didn't even know that that had changed. Yeah, that changed with the pan, well, uh, into the pandemic. But, But, Mark, one of the things that this is doing is it should be very, very consistent in Erie County County, Allegheny County, Snyder County, Potter County, Franklin County, Philadelphia County, and Monroe County, and all others in between. It should be, if you're a poll worker in Potter County and I'm a poll worker in Philadelphia County, if we switch jobs for the vote, 
there should not we it should be very normal for yep, us to where's be able your to blue book where so. what's the password to get into that and book? again here we go we're into voting season which then i question and i, and I look at this uh we just celebrated or observed memorial day we have the fourth of july coming up we have labor day coming up so we have a we have a summer season so now we're going to put in the fall, winter, spring, summer, and we're also going to put in election season on certain years. Even off years, there is no off year in election season. But the part about it is there should be some hurdles to voting. It should be an honor to vote. Now, the hurdle shouldn't be where you can't get over it. But, you know, in, when people say, oh, it's inconvenient to vote, well, it was inconvenient for those people who served and allowed you to vote. So some of these groups that talk about inconvenience or voter suppression, uh, let's look at the details a little bit and see, is this really? Or have we become a society that has to have instant, instant, instant? The bill would expand voter identification requirements. Currently, first-time voters who show up at a polling place are required to show identification. Uh, the sponsor of the bill, uh, Representative Grove, says he has never heard of any lawsuits or complaints about that requirement, disenfranchising anyone. So the bill would apply that requirement to anybody who votes in person uh, every time they vote under this bill. All voters choosing to vote in person would be required to produce a driver's license or a PennDOT-issued non-licensed photo ID or a free Department of State voter identification card or a free county-issued scannable, durable voter registration card or a voter could sign an affidavit affirming their identity under penalty of perjury. Well, that might Fair be enough. a good compromise that Fair would enough. let other folks in because you could get that durable voter registration card when you register to vote for the first time at a courthouse you know and you would have your yeah. you know Mark, your have you ever, time to do have that you met, do you know anybody that doesn't have some form of governmental id sure well yeah absolutely yeah but uh, yeah. I, I don't know anybody but if you i mean but they can vote uh, yeah but so you know so. you know a person who physically doesn't have an id i know two people okay hey real quick uh, have a great weekend uh one thing lime mountain softball the Eagles. girls are still playing they're going to be playing monday i think against williams valley but uh good good for those young ladies yep good luck to all and, and thanks for being great athletes for all the superlative players around here thanks for coming in yep congratulations to those uh, 2021 graduating classes. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. Time for the Dan Patrick Show, 10 o'clock.